and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. What's happening everybody and welcome to this, another episode of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. I'm your host this week, Stephen Wilson, back in the hot seat after far too long and far too many episodes of Ross talking too much. <laughs> and tonight we will be talking about the Netflix sensation that is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling or Glow. Now, joining me this evening, first of all, is a trainee who I'm not going to call a woman trainee because she might launch herself at me <laughs> with a punch. <laughs> You'd be lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I said with a punch. I had to think. I've not. I've not done this in a while. It's Jamie. Hello. Jamie. Hello. How's it going? Very well. How are you? Yes, I'm very good. Very good. Thank you. And next to her is a guy who I just slagged, but he did actually a half decent job. I'm not going to lie. It's Ross. I'll launch myself if you want, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't miss. I'll make you feel like more than never could. Ah, jeez, jeez. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> I'm good. I'm a little less nervous this week because I don't need to direct the conversation. Excellent, no problem at all. And rounding off the panel, well, we've seen kids get excited at Christmas. However, multiply that by ten and you'll get the level of excitement that this man got when I told him, we're doing an episode on Glow. <laughs> <laughs> it's David Campbell, but without the Thompson. It's just David Campbell. Ross, Stacey, Mark Marin, Elias, Gareth Southgate and Pope Francis, all the people I've worked out that are involved in the conspiracy against me <laughs> and stopping me getting the ESSR championship. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I ran a sweepstake. There's one on Sunday. If maybe you actually guess a few right this time, you might be in with a shout. Elias threw the match. We all know it. <laughs> What did Gareth Southgate do? Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> you asked better go, somebody. <laughs> do it. And uh, we've got him mic'd up because he loved hosting that much. He wants to talk more. It's the MVEP. It's Kwaku Adri. What's up, what's up? Kwaku, you had a frantic race in the studio. Yes, I did. Uh, did, you, did you get a speeding ticket? Uh, no, I, I don't get caught. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if you're at home, don't speed. Speeder is for fools, folk. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I think we covered ourselves legally now, haven't we? Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I tried. So the this use of Kwaku Aji do not reflect <laughs> anyone here at ESSR. <laughs> yes, so this is Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. If you're listening for the first time, make sure to subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, all good Android sites, and now Spotify. Woohoo! Yes, the world's number one streaming platform has now got us on it. I don't know if that's a good thing for them or a bad thing for them. Well, as Scott likes to remind us all, his podcast get there first by like two days. Jeez, let's not talk about the Bart Gun of the McLeod family. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking your side this time. (laughs) First time for everything. Yes, so... If you're on any of the, subscribe to any of those sites, give us a review. Hopefully we're good enough for five stars. If we're not, then give us some feedback. We- Six stars. We're li- we're live from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Young Bucks coming in the second half of the show. <laughs> uh, and we're also on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We're at Suplex Retweet. Right, let's go on to the topic of this week's show. And as I said, it is the Netflix sensation. It is the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. It's Glow. I'm not going to sing the song because I don't. I, I can't remember it word by word. Are you going to let the fears listeners down? Uh, yes. Oh, yes. 
Uh, Sing I, Journey. The backing tracks there. Come on. Don't stop. Oh, wrong Journey. <laughs> now we're probably going to have the lowest ratings in like four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rusty. I'm going to use my Dave Hockney excuse. I am rusty. I've not done this in a while. I know nothing about independent wrestling. I've got all the excuses in the world from the David Hockney. Bingo. I have a receding hairline. <laughs> <laughs> are, you ta- are you doing your impression of Dave or are you just talking about yourself? No. Oh. Oh my. Pew, pew. Shots fired. Move on. Just wait till I go on to you after what you said to me last week. Oh. Oh. I, I, was, I know I was I was expecting something different. I mean, what I, happened? I had to do too much research on the show. Have, have I, you, I lost track you, of insults. You lost your bottle. I lost my bottle. My bottles were long gone. In fact, did you even have a bottle in the first place? Oh, you know what? Do you know me? <laughs> anyway, Stephen and I will sort out our grievances <laughs> another time. <laughs> Yes, so obviously, Glow, a show about wrestling. We don't really get a lot of actual proper shows about wrestling. So this is a big deal. I'm going to go on to our actual wrestling trainee and ask her, put her on the spot here. What is the impact you thought, Jamie, of actually having a show about wrestling on the telly? Because you were quite, as you said, you weren't 100% sure about it when this first came on. As I said, I I was late to the game when it first came out. I, I didn't have any interest in it. Everyone that I train alongside were all like, yeah, this is really good, that's really interesting, and I just, I don't want to take part in it. Um, about six months later, I just, what you're usually like on Netflix, you're bored, you've rewatched Friends for like the thousandth time or something. <laughs> so you're like, right, I'm going to try something new. And I just stuck it on, and it was one of those I didn't even... Sorry, quiet you asked for it. <laughs> Very quietly, not like you're Russell the bag. Sorry, Jamie, as you were. Um, but I watched the first episode and then I ended up staying up to completely finish the series at that point. Um, it was one of those that's a wake-up call for everybody, like, realising that this is how it was, this is what they had to do to make their dreams. And it was a true, it was based on a true story as well, so it's not like it was complete lies. Um, so you have the, that effect that it's, you know, it's sort of like a drama soap on Netflix where it's got all this rubbish but it is also this is a woman's story from all the years back which we're now getting to see yeah absolutely as you say it is based on a true story I mean David the major I've never seen a man love Glow so much in my life Uh, fantastic but everyone loves Glow as well Uh, Rotten Tomatoes and the Tomato Meter it's got 95% um, it's always got an audience score of 88%. Um, the show has done well to legitimise wrestling and wrestling shows uh, in the eyes of a sort of broader audience and I think that's what it's done best because it's a high quality production uh, with great talent involved. You know what I mean? This isn't something that's been made for a low budget. You've seen the advertising push for season two. Glow is big and it just makes wrestling big as well. I've got some comments I found in Reddit. Uh, it took me days to get out of that rabbit hole. But uh, the question was, did the show make you want to watch wrestling? And the answers views for don't like wrestling, it won't make me watch, but it made me appreciate it a lot more. To yes, now I'm involved in watching wrestling, going back to watch the original Glow, or even watching the WWE product today. Yeah, because um, we, the interesting thing for us reviewing us and wrestling fans is we're gonna we're gonna talk about bits from a wrestling fan standpoint, which compared to the likes of your guys on Rotten Tomatoes, as you say, who will analyse it as a TV show, you know. They'll compare it to the likes of your friends, to your Seinfelds, to your... The obvious comparison, Orange is the New Black. Same people people that write them. I think the work rate in the ring 
for uh, for glow is a lot better than orange is the new black. I feel <laughs> that friends really are a trainee promotion and I get better. And well, Seinfeld, let's just not go there. I think Rachel it. Green's got potential, but she's still green. We've got a long way to go. Oh my god. Ross Geller's not training, he's on a break. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we could be here all day. Good thing Sarah's not on this show. That's, that's, this, the show would just be gone. It'd just be used to going, no, no. To hear about the pros and cons of Ross and Rachel on a break, view our latest anchor podcast. <laughs> no, but as we say there, David, you were right and thought about the production values. Obviously, the production's solid because it's on Netflix. And obviously, with Netflix, you get solid production. And obviously, you've got that sort of reach. Um, Ross, back to you. We'll go back to you in this one. I mean, do you think the, the fact this is on Netflix actually helped it a lot better? than what it would have been if it was on, say, like a, a standard channel in the US, and then obviously coming over to here, maybe on something like a, an E4 or a Channel 5 or something like that. Yeah, just for the simple fact that Netflix releases it worldwide, mm-hmm. so there's no spoilers, there's no, like, you know, oh, I've seen it, oh, I have niche, you know, it's, it's able to binge watch then and there. But as well, like you said, the production value makes it so much better. It's taking wrestling seriously. It's no, like, because it can actually show some of the things certain cable networks can't show wrestling until a certain time, and it does it does have a appreciation for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, its position on Netflix allowed it to be somewhat of a sleeper hit because if it was on a cable channel, it probably would have got cancelled because the ratings might not have been that high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of glow, uh, actually, season one saw its highest um, viewership going into season two only a couple of weeks ago because people were binge watching both seasons uh, so it's allowed it to sort of grow without having the pressure on it that would come with being on a channel five or a channel four mm-hmm. yeah as well uh, like they were saying about being on a cable network you know maybe people seen it being about wrestling like oh it's just another wrestling show it's like raw smackdown nxt but with netflix it was kind of in your face you know you know yourself when we open the netflix app you know it's whatever they try to push at that minute for weeks on end, it was as soon as I opened Netflix, the glow trailer started, so you had to see it. Mm. And like David said, it made it a sleeper hit for the simple fact is, if it was on another cable network, it would have been moved around. Maybe the rate, as we see in season two, it gets moved around. <laughs> we're not, not talking. Really. We're not talking about season two. <laughs> it's not really a spoiler, Christy. You move time slot. <laughs> Raw gets moved time slot for Christ's sake. <laughs> no, but it it was such a high budget and. I basically think it found the perfect home. Yeah, I think the be- a great example of how seriously they kind of took it is obviously we talked about the tr- there was a lot of trailers for season two. I mean, I came back from the ho- my holiday and I saw billboards yeah. mm-hmm. for Glow. I mean, if it was on, say, like a, a terrestrial TV channel over here, would you even see any sort of advertisements? Oh, It'd be kind of stuck on after like Big Brother season one million and six or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Definitely. A lot of, unless you're actually watching that channel at the time, mm. they don't advertise a lot of shows in the UK because I think advertisers know nowadays it's a simple case of people stream it like you know the likes of Big Bang Theory Gotham and Young Sheldon are all hits in America but when they come over here they're on E4 and they're like seven months behind mm-hmm. so you don't see them get advertised yeah and it's about the market they're appealing to like most young people are now watching on streaming as opposed to these cable networks and that's allowed there's a the decider reports that the, the 86% of the audience that watched Glow was between 18 and 49. So they're tapping into that market. It's actually the highest uh, concentration of that market 
that any streaming show has ever had. So that just shows you where Glow's audience is, and that's why they want to get onto those streaming platforms. How much research have you done for this show? <laughs> <laughs> I was excited, like you said. I was excited. Like Literally, a- my notes say, Debbie's like a 1996 Shawn Michaels. <laughs> I love the comparison of notes. I have a, I have a pile of paper. Ross has a pad with two pages full. Jamie has nothing. A, has, has Wikipedia on a phone. <laughs> Quacku is Quacku's computer is still updating. <laughs> <laughs> And David has research originally done that he's found. He's probably commissioned this, this yeah. show. Like, did you run this See, for? what I'm doing is I'm remaking this scene with uh, gummy bears out of a Haribo packet. Yeah. Uh, sorry, other sweeties are available. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yes, there's other Haribos. We mentioned them before we came on air. <laughs> yeah, that was quacky. We'll talk about years after. This was the sound check. Ross ran through every Haribo that's ever been invented. <laughs> It's, it's something to behold, but yeah, that's, that's obvious. obviously it's great having a show on this. But obviously, you need some sort of product in the show, and with that, we had we've got a great cast on a great main cast, and they were very inventive with the actual characters on the show. And we're going to take a good section of this first half to go through the characters on the show because obviously we are the wrestling podcast, we are wrestling fans. It's all about the gimmicks. I mean. I'm, I'm not going to give it four and a half stars. I'm, I want to know. I want to know who's going to pull the heartstrings. Yeah. And we'll go in the ring. We'll talk. We'll go with that one. So I thought we'd start with of it. My personal favourite character is the one played by Ruth. It's Zoya, the destroyer. Who, who's good at Russian accents? Zoya comes don't to destroy him. the competition, <laughs> and Liberty Bell will not make it away. <laughs> yeah. So, so what I've tried to do here, I've tried to, com- I've tried my best to compare most of these characters to actual wrestlers of the past. Am I being a stereotype by saying Nikolai Volkov? <laughs> no, because he wasn't even Russian. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the Russian one again? Not Ru- not Rusev. Was it was it a Russian one? I mean, oh, Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov was Russian. Yeah, no, he was Russian. Yeah. Well. <laughs> was it the Russian character? I don't think there's ever been a Russian wrestler. Uh, uh, Rusev wasn't even Russian. Like, they made him Russian. He had this big, massive tattoo. He's <laughs> actually called the Bulgarian brute. <laughs> yeah. but still came out to represent Russia. <laughs> like, like Kevin Owens, the face of America, oh. hailing from Quebec, Canada. <laughs> no, uh, I think the interesting thing with. Ruth's journey in this one to Zoya the Destroyer. Just also a disclaimer again to people: we are talking about season one only. So because someone didn't watch season two. <laughs> the other person who was meant to be on this show but couldn't make it also did not watch season two. So yes, I'm so okay. they had the decency to pull out. <laughs> the interesting thing about the, the Zoya the Destroyer is obviously she took a while to kind of get this gimmick purely because they didn't like it. I mean, uh, Ross, what's your thoughts on the Zoya? Character development. Zoya the Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> Mine sounds like a meerkat. <laughs> Zoya the Destroyer. Simple. No, uh, <laughs> for one cinema tickets. <laughs> I think it works well uh, from a wrestling standpoint for the simple fact that we have seen before characters that are in promotions for, say, five, ten years who don't find something that works for them, and then when they find it, it clicks and it's a success. And this was her journey. She'd been acting for 10 years. It was always secretary number one or, you know, woman drinking coffee and scene number two. <laughs> she was never a, a proper actress. And then this was something. It played on the 80s stereotype of all its, its men people are going to see films for. She found a role she was comfortable in. She found a role that was 
that had substance in it basically was going to let her play the character she wanted to yeah I mean obviously well, obviously we are talking about a fictional show but uh, Jamie she was seemed of all the characters she was the one who took it more seriously to kind of start with by the fact that in episode one we saw her watching Ric Flair Hulk Hogan videos in her one bedroom dingy apartment it just it kind of you kind of have that feel obviously nowadays we talk about independent stars who have worked their way up and this kind of felt like a bit of a she was meant you kind of uh, you're kind of drawn to her but at the same time she's meant to be the bad guy as yeah. we'll talk about in the second half more than <laughs> that's um, very true like uh, that's the start of it like as a, my own experience everyone's got that determination when they're starting out like and I will say from my experience a lot of people want to play the bad guy because it's a lot easier to play the bad guy mm-hmm. um, that's all well and good unless you've actually got something that fits there like you can't just come out and shout abuse at people like that, that it's not going to stick for a while that's just very generic um, but it's also important like not to just do something for the sake of it like she could have come out and you know she could have had a goth character or something like just simple things like that but she wouldn't have enjoyed it so she, but she took her time she got herself a role that she wasn't uncomfortable doing she might have been uncomfortable starting out she's not used to it but then she it, it, it was a part of her personality and that's the point that's your character that is a part of you yeah because she was originally meant to be the homewrecker mm. David and obviously we'll talk more why she was called the yeah. homewrecker <laughs> in the second half of the show uh, but I thought the Zoya Destroyer was, was, was a great character and then obviously they paired her up perfectly with this all American hero yeah. of it Debbie Egan it, yeah. soap star Liberty Bell obviously the Hulk Hogan of the show but from people I've talked to who have watched the show they said to me I hate Debbie Egan oh yeah. yes yes. Right, but she's meant to be the good guy I mean does this kind of well are you how you feel in wrestling I mean I, obviously we have a wrestling these days I'm going to compare it to Hogan and Piper because Piper was also a guy who played a nationality which he actually wasn't you know <laughs> he was a Canadian playing a Scotsman Rufus an American playing a Russian it's sort of the same thing the legacy in Piper is you look back and with long you, know, you love Piper you look back at Hulk Hogan and you think oh my god wasn't that man a bit of a you know like <laughs> and say whatever you words you want that's kind of the roof uh, Debbie relationship I think in the show they play the good guy and bad guy on TV but we get to see as the viewer the behind the scenes of it all mm-hmm. I mean you look at Debbie's actions you're just like you are I know what she's done what she's done but at the same time you're a reprehensible human being you know you're just absolutely a pain mm-hmm. see I like it though because it does seem more complex than that because you look look at it plain simple it's like oh she's being mean to Ruth but you don't know how you're going to react to those situations when you find out your best friend cheated on the man, cheated on, uh, cheated with the man you've spent your life with and had a child with. You know, you, as much as we don't like her, you know, she is. I don't like her either. She's a horrible character. But at the same time, <laughs> you just you, you don't know how you'd react to that, and it is sort of like it's one of those ones that makes you think as well. Because it's like she seems horrible, but you know what she done was bad as well. You know, and it. Both people have flaws, basically. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, she to me, she just seems like a carbon copy of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know, that's pretty much like it's Hogan bar the say your prayers at your vitamins. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly what catchphrase she tries to use. Oh. She says this isn't a spoiler, but she screams something in season two. Uh, in the middle of the ring she says the power of Christ compels you when she's doing a crucifix is that, is that not a Peter Griffin like that's so funny 
Oh, it's a no. No, she goes. How do you spell freedom? It's and she hits one rope. You hits another rope. Mm-hmm. S and then when hits somebody says A. I think she's. Watch NXT. She's Lacey Evans for NXT. Yeah. Oh, I hate Lacey Evans as a character. I would love Lacey Evans if she was more like that, just like unabashedly American. <laughs> Have you, you seen know? the first Lacey Evans promo? Like no. you see the. You see like the promo videos for Glow and she goes, I'm American as apple pie. <laughs> and then you see Lacey Evans and she goes, yeah, uh, I can be as much of a lady in the ring or if I'm biking an apple pie. And you're like, did you literally watch Glow before this? <laughs> we needed something for that lassie. Oh, that Glow thing, gear. Yeah. We've got a red, white and blue spandex thing for Hogan. He's not coming back for a while. Just shrink it down for her. <laughs> they actually thought about making Sarah uh, Logan and Liv Morgan the, the Beat him up, but he's sort of it's got the old ladies. I'm gonna talk about them in a few bit. I've got a good I've got a great comparison today too, which you probably all think about. But uh in terms of actually obviously as we say the, the kind of it's common in wrestling that the the best rivalries are usually people who hate each other outside the ring because they just get on mate. It's either that or the complete opposite that and your best pals and you know everybody each move step by step. But I think that's obviously why it is the main reason why these two were paired. You know, but uh, some of the quirks of the Zoya, the, the Destroyer character that she does. But it's she puts so <laughs> No, it's when she comes in with the tea in the glass. Yes. In Russia, we drink tea with glass. <laughs> <laughs> My Russian accents are really bad, by the way. I, I don't know if you know that. Yep. <laughs> I can't do any accent. The other week I tried to do a Jamaican accent and it was Irish. Don't. <laughs> oh, I need to hear that's actually crap. Go, go, I'm not, I'm not go, doing it. Go. It's like the guy, the girl from Little Mix. <laughs> oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I can just picture. Are you pulling these comparisons again? Remember the last thing you were on with this X Factor debate <laughs> exactly. you were on? <laughs> I texted him. I, I, I hope I did. I, yeah. I thought about texting him. Uh, I was sorting the CDs and work the other day and Alexandria Burke has a new album out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, any other thoughts on the two main characters before we kind of move on to some of the other characters here? It's kind of like Matt Hardy and Edge is the sort of storyline that came to mind that they're sort of replicating because obviously the the behind-the-scenes drama is leaked over into uh, kayfabe, you know what I mean? Uh, In terms of instead of Mark, it's later, you know, I think. Lita's more talented than Marcus from what I've seen in the show, you know? So, like, <laughs> Fun fact, that angle started 13 years ago today. Did it? Mm-hmm. I saw it on Facebook today. Yeah, he phoned and uh, Matt phoned Bite List, didn't he? Now, this was, the, this was 13 years from the day that he came on Raw, oh, invaded right. Raw, you know? Oh, right. Fantastic angle. Absolutely brilliant. But, um, so, um, if, do, sorry, sorry I, on you go. I do like something else about it as well. It's the, we talked about how, like, you don't know how you feel until some, some betrayal like that happens to you. But it's the fact that all the women hate Ruth and are on Debbie's side because obviously if that happened to them they'd be heartbroken. But the way Ruth takes it seriously and the way Debbie makes herself a prima donna, she starts to distance herself from the women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, th- these women become a family and it's like, doesn't matter what happened before, we all, get, we all muck in, we all get this show done. And it's the fact that Ruth's done something that horrible and reprehensible and yet Debbie's that awful a human being, she's managed to distance herself with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm going to quickly go round you all before we move on to the other characters. Um, in a feud, if you picked between Zoya or Liberty Bell, who is your favourite? Jamie? Zoya, definitely. Ross? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you can't be on the fence. No, oh, really? You're sitting next to Quacky and I can't be on the fence, for great sake. I was about to say that, but thanks for stealing my thunder. <laughs> you, you can't decide. <laughs> 
I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be a hipster, but at the same time, I don't like American overly. <laughs> I like Americans, I just don't like overly American gimmicks. Right, okay. Nah, you know what? I'll go Zoya. I remember I predicted Rusev to beat John Cena at WrestleMania <laughs> once and it didn't happen. <laughs> Liberty Bell's winning every time. The rules of wrestling dictate it. <laughs> Quacku, you got a chip in here? Zoya to destroy him. Zoya is the best. Zoya, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually like that segment last week on SmackDown with Zoya and uh-huh. Lana, and they were yeah. like comparing who could do the better with Russian acting kind of <laughs> And you're looking at them going, neither of you. I recently watched the, the ride along at Lana and Rusev and I ate in English and when she talks American it's like, what? Are it's such a it's such a culture shock, a real accent, but it's such a culture yeah. shock. You would know this if you watched Total Divas. Did you watch? She was in a movie as well, wasn't she? With oh, Edge. Edge. Yeah. yeah. She was also in Banshee. Oh. Anyway, let's make this before this becomes the Lana show. <laughs> no, no. Can we one last thing on Lana? Her real voice is like nails in a chalkboard. <laughs> anyway, uh, again, I'm I'm now going to go round you all once more again, and we're gonna. I'm going to get you to t- tell me your favourite of the supporting characters. I'm going to talk of each of them in a wee bit. Uh, I'll start with David Campbell in this one. Yep. Uh, David. Yeah, I'm going to go for Cherry Bang, Junk Chain. <laughs> oh, yes, Junk Chain. I like Junk Chain. Uh, she, like, I like this the way she seems so boring at the start. Like She comes in, doesn't want to be there, and she's like told immediately, you need to train these women. <laughs> and she's like, oh, all right, okay, I'll get on with the job. Sort of thing. That's what I like about her. And it's like... I like the hints our history with Sam and it's sort of an adult relationship, you know what I mean? Because they had an affair back in the days, worked with her for years. An affair? Was it not a threesome? Yeah. I'm sure the threesome was the one that yeah. was... Yeah, it was a threesome with consenting adults. With her current husband? Yeah. Who are we to judge? I just like Absolutely. it, because obviously back at this time she said she was working on black exploitation films with Sam and stuff like that and went out of work. Um, and I like how those movies feature black characters as central heroes of the stories, but in a sort of stereotypical sense. And that's what she sort of encompasses with Junk Chain. You know what I mean? It's a sort of stereotypical character from one of those movies, but she still is heroic and you sort of root for her. And I like that gimmick of Junk Chain. Yeah, of it. she does come across as a sort of... Uh, gimmick-wise, I compared it to Book of Tea type S. I don't know if yeah. it's just because she did the axe kick. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't, but she was obviously kind of... She, she portrayed kind of the locker room leader. Yes. I think it's fair to say Definitely. for the early part as the train I mean as it went on as, as Ross said they, they, they grew more and more towards Roof and she obviously became more as we saw in the finale of season one she was the one leading about uh, but Jamie Ross would you agree with David's opinions on uh, Cherry Bang Junction? Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah I think she's probably she, she, she is really good it's, 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 was it the episode where uh, Debbie comes back from her night with uh, Alex Riley. Yes. <laughs> what was his name? Horse. Steel no, Horse. Steel Horse. Steel Horse. AKA Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> when she comes home from that and she just goes, the Steel Horse live up to his reputation? That was a fact. <laughs> Absolutely. And obviously the end of season one leaves in the cliffhanger. She's been offered a, a role. The TV producers saw her as the standout of the show and have offered her a role in an hour show. So need to see how that works out in season two. Interesting, and she also showed that she has a bit of creative control. I think it's fair to say by changing her match on the the, 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 was on the pilot. She went into business for herself, brother. That's not professional. Uh, Ross, who's your favourite of the support characters on the show? I have a two-way tie. Oh, go for it, let's hear what we say. I have Britannica, just not for her actual character, just for the Kate Nash character. Two things that she does, one is... Debbie is off. Uh, sorry, Ruth is offered a job doing pom before she gets the wrestling job, and she's talking to one of the people at the trial, and she goes, "Don't worry, this isn't pom." And you just see in the background, Kate Nash, 
button in her tongue. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Rhonda is her name, isn't this? Yeah. And then she also says at one point, what if your gimmick is hugging? Because they said stop hugging everybody. <laughs> and I just thought, a hugging gimmick, that will never, never. ever. <laughs> and Sheila, I like Sheila the She-Wolf. Because she is entrenched in the gimmick. And it's, you find out a lot. I didn't realise she was Scottish, by the way. Was she? Her and Vicky Viking are Scottish. Interesting. In real life. Like Scots are Scottish <laughs> or Piper? No, no, Piper actual Scottish. Both born in Glasgow. That is. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And they're very Scottish if they're from Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Real bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, Sheila handing a photo of a wolf as her headshot to Sam. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. And obviously you find out a lot about her. Like, it isn't a gimmick to her. It isn't isn't carrying on it's the simple fact this is who she is and it makes her feel comfortable being like that yeah. and I think she's although you look at her and you go oh she looks a bit weird she's more relatable than most of the characters on the show yeah on her I mean obviously we're talking wrestling about uh, guys who encapsulate their characters so much that it becomes them the best example in history probably the ultimate warrior yeah. I think it's fair to say he got too interested in his gimmick I mean they played it on screen as well in the attitude era that Vince was saying The Undertaker was too much in his gimmick even though storyline so kind of goes back on itself but obviously she is essentially a wolf I mean on the on the finale in the actual match I, I thought of her entrance and it kind of screamed Jersey Animal Steel type thing to me <laughs> just uncontrollable to a, in a sense you know do you know what another underrated moment is it's <laughs> they say who can play keyboard for the first show <laughs> And she plays everybody's entrance, but she only knows one depressing song. So it's like, here comes the rushing heel. Dun, 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 dun. Here comes the all-American hero, Triumph. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, no, oh, she, she, is, she is really good. And there's obviously Britannica, who is the scientist right. with the unsubtle beauty. I think it's fair to say. Sorry, uh, sorry I'm still talking about Sheila there. You're very rude. No, there's a bit in that scene. See the... See the the last entrance music she tries to play? She tries to play Liberty Bell to the ring with that depressing music and Sam stops her. And I don't think that scene was meant to happen because you see Sheila, the, the woman playing Sheila, burst out laughing and they cut away instantly. It's like a blink you'll miss it moment. Okay, so back on the Britannica then. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, she is meant to be the brains and the beauty type combination. Uh, kind of. I'm not a fan of the characters, I don't really have a lot to talk about. I just think she's yeah. more, it's, but there's... It's more the what the person Rhonda playing the character. Yeah. I think she is brilliant. She's just so, so ditzy and so stupid, but she, she's so lovable. Oh, likeable. it's like, I made you a tape. Yeah. How did you make that tape? With that video camera I found in my locker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, did we not want to tell me you found my stolen yeah. camera? Yeah, but it would have spoiled the surprise that I made you a tape. And I like her, because obviously, immediately you think she's just going to be cast in that sort of stereotypical role because she's sleeping with the director and you're like I'm not going to like this woman she's just trying to sleep away to the top obviously but that's not what it is to her she's very open about the fact that she is sleeping with Sam and she's not necessarily using it to get herself more time in the show she's using it as like a real relationship yeah. and she does she has a sort of likeable character and that's it and I need you to come in five minutes after me yeah. right I don't like people coming in it's like Rhonda you're late. <laughs> uh, it's the fact that awesome, uh, so not awesome Kong, sorry, uh, Welfare Queen walks in literally right after Sam. Like, you could have walked in with Welfare Queen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bit, uh, she is completely the opposite of her character. Yes. Uh, Jamie. Sorry, sorry, David, sorry. No, no, I just didn't realise uh, I was in my research and that woman sang Foundations. This, do you know that Kate, the song? Because I don't know it's Kate Nash. I was like, oh, I was like... 
Do you know the song I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. My foundation, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. There we go. Education <laughs> on each sleep supply <laughs> tree, as always. Sorry, uh, Jamie, who would you say is your favourite of the supporting crew? Well, when you first asked that question, I had like four people in mind. And right. two of them have already been named, right? So I'm not gonna not gonna go there again. Mm-hmm. Um, first one, obviously Carmen. You you don't want to be in a grains with Ross either. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. Yeah, give me my sweeties back. <laughs> but um, obviously she's the one that comes from a wrestling family. She's the one that knows the business, and then she's the one that also has to. She's too nice in the way that she has to help everyone else. She has to create other people's moves, mm-hmm. help them more than helping herself. Yeah. And. Obviously, like the Machu Picchu character, it's just sort of like it's it's a bit rubbish. It is. Um, it reminds me of that volcano thing out of Disney. That yeah. little yeah. Yes. <laughs> so that just rem- so it's like she, if she had the time on herself, it would have been something great. But because she is there for all those women and she wants them all to succeed, just like the guys, then like that's that's very relatable. And obviously, just from my personal preference, uh, welfare queen, obviously, because I love the woman. She's, she can take on any gimmick, like TV show, actual wrestling. Just, I just love her. The welfare queen, I think, is great. I think it's a Ted DiBiase flipped on its head. Yeah. It's in the final one. It's like, and she's, was it, she's stuffing the mouth with, uh, was it coupons or something? Food stamps. Food stamps. It's like the complete, it's Ted DiBiase only on benefits. Yeah. It's just good. And it's obviously, we'll talk about her a bit more in the second half of the show and talk about the actual real wrestlers, but Kaya Stevens, awesome call, karma, whatever you want to say about her. She's brilliant in it. She's a natural, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, one of the few people that, like you look at Batista and The Rock, their first few films, they seem very wooden, Mm -hmm. but... This is her first TV role, and she is instant. I think it's maybe because she's playing wrestler, maybe she's more comfortable, but it's like instantly fine. So natural. I'm not gonna lie, it actually took me quite a few times to realise that was her. Mm-hmm. It's because she's not got the, the, the Yeah, the dreads, like you're not yeah, thinking about it, and then you realise, and you're like, oh my god. And <laughs> she does look in better shape than she did at some point when she yeah. was actually competing in the ring as well, I thought. Like, Absolutely, and, before, and you obviously mentioned the, the Machu Picchu Carmen character. You kind of grow to like her obviously because she's going against what her dad said mm-hmm. and her brothers she's obviously you think she's going to go in the ring be a natural and then she's like oh I get panic attacks and then she gets nearly enough gets the same in the finale and then she sees her dad in the crowd it's the perfect baby face story yeah. in all ways you know and that's kind of like it's amazing David that they wanted her to be a heel to start with you would have thought like yeah I think that's just the sort of uh, prejudice that wrestling promoters have if you're a bigger person then you naturally cast as the monster heel yeah. and that's what you want to do uh, but she just has that natural radiant niceness you know she's just such a nice person and I think it's important on a wrestling show to have a second generation star you've seen it throughout wrestling history how many of them there's been the first show I was on one of the first shows I was on wrestling families like legacy is very important in professional wrestling it's important to have that represented on a show like go Totally, yeah. Uh, sorry, Ross, you go. So, another scene with Machu Picchu that I like is when Bash tries to save her for getting taken away. Yeah. Because her, her dad says you can't wrestle, and he pretends to be her boyfriend and kisses her, and it's the dad's face just does not change, and he just goes, "If you want to be wrestlers, you need to learn how to sell." Because yeah. that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. Uh, Kwaku, do you have any other characters who have not been mentioned? Um, well. Not that it hasn't been mentioned, but I did like the welfare queen. I got on that. Um, 
I know I'm, I know I could be playing into the stereotype or whatever, but fuck it, I don't give a damn. So yeah, well for me. Uh, I think my favourite from an in-ring prospect, just for one scene, is Beirut the Mad Bomber. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that scene where they're trying to find a heel for Debbie Egan, yeah. and she's just like, you cannot catch me! <laughs> Her arms are literally like flapping everywhere. Yeah, she's like a human spider. Yeah. <laughs> it is so hilarious, yeah. and it's like, you're meant to be a really, really bad heel, and I just can't think can't not love you. It's the the bit as well, they're in the hotel room and it's a few days due, uh, due into the Beirut hostage situation and everyone keeps saying Beirut and she just loses the plot and goes, can we stop saying that now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, other ones I've kind of got in mind, I'll quickly go through before we take our, take our break. Uh, David, you briefly talked about them, uh, Ethel and Edna. Yes. <laughs> They're just they're just like Mula and May. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that obviously character wise, not actual Mula and May. But that would have been something, but yeah. <laughs> it's just it, it the scene for them though, and obviously Kwaku mentioned this one, obviously as a man of African descent, was the KKK part. Kwaku, what was your I, thought I, when the KKK I, came of, out? I'm of African descent. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you find that one out? I don't know, mate. I googled you. <laughs> you googled me? Anyway, no, I, oh, was, I actually found that hilarious. It was just the fact that they were saying it was them that came up with it, so we're okay. They were okay. And then they whack it on and run out. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, we're not, we're not being racist if the black woman came up with the idea. Like, no, no, it doesn't work with that. That means... I'm, it, I'm not racist. I have a curry every Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, obviously, there's a few other characters who are less seen in the show than the missing as the characters, but you've got the likes of Melrose, Fortune Cookie, Vicky the Viking. Oh, that... <laughs> I feel so bad for her when she, she's the actual athlete. She has the gold medal. It reminds me, Brotus Clay's in this show. It was his idea for the Hall of Pain, and they took it off him and gave it to Mark Henry. Mm-hmm. They gave the the Liberty Bell character to Debbie because she's more likable. Maybe on screen, not in real life. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but the woman that plays Debbie Egan is a lovely person. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she, the lot. Like, We've got a really good gimmick for you. We've got a really good gimmick for you. And all the days, put a Viking hat on her. He goes, "Hi, um, fuck you, Viking." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all she gets. Uh, yes. Obviously, Melrose grows on me as the season goes on because the first episode you see her clashing with Sherry and stuff like that when she's trying to train her. Uh, but as the season sort of progresses, she sort of grows on me. She like she's a bit of a pain, but in a sort of likable way. In the end, you can sort of. Does drugs in the robot? <laughs> <laughs> right. now we're talking about Ethel and Edna, uh, the beatdown buddies beforehand. Mm. See the women playing the beatdown buddies? They remind me of every annoying. It's like. <laughs> Sorry, somebody just broke down in the studio there. No, it reminds me of every annoying. Like, you, you've still got them on Facebook, but you don't talk to them anymore. They tag their best pals. They're work, they work as makeup artists. Oh my god, shouldn't we have a show? Aren't we funny? Like, yeah. no. And that's what these people are like here. That's why you've been given the old lady characters, because you aren't funny. <laughs> oh, but they play them brilliantly. They're, absolute, they're, they're, so, they're really, really good. And it's like, ah, just with a stroll. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so, so, yeah, that has been our look at the in ring characters on Glow. Uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to actually talk about, about the actual real wrestlers in the show. So, there is actual real wrestlers in the show. For people who have never watched that. No. 
what, what happened? Saying not fake wrestlers, just yeah. real wrestlers. Yes, absolutely. And we're gonna actually we're gonna discuss the plot of season one, so how it actually goes. We're gonna try and review it. And point how that goes, we don't know. So for the break, we're gonna play a wee bit of the actual trailer of Glow season one. So obviously, for people who have never watched the show, we highly recommend it. That's why we're talking about it. So here's a bit of a peek of what we've actually been talking about, and we'll be back with you in a short bit. This is your resident Purple Rain here, and you are listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. In this world, there are good guys and there are bad guys, and I will not be bullied into submission. You are reading the man's part. Oh, God. Would you like to start over? Yes, I would. I will not be bullied into submission. Sorry to interrupt, your wife is online too? I'm interested in real parts. Got $83 in my bank account, and I don't know if I can pay my gas bill. Ruth, there's an audition. They're looking for unconventional women, whatever that means. Hello, ladies. I'm Sam Sylvia, and this is GLOW. Sorry, what's GLOW? Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Are you hiring actors to play wrestlers, or are we the wrestlers? Go! Yes. Christ. Ah! Fucking actresses. Okay, I want you to meet the star of GLOW, Debbie Egan. Are you insane? Why is she here? She's the Alpha and you're the Omega. Submit. She might kill you. This is Sebastian Howard, our producer. This is my first Hollywood party. There are drugs in the fucking robot. Thank you. Wrestling is about type. You're a sexy party girl. You're an Arab. You mean stereotype. Yes, bingo, exactly. You're a big black girl. The fuck you say? Oh. Lady wrestlers. I get it. Women can do anything men do. Blah, blah, blah. How'd that look? I got chills. Yeah, you would. We're empowered. We're the heroes. You want the show to happen. This is the only place I get to do what I want to do. People respect me here. We got to shoot this thing in like five weeks. This could either feel dinky or it could feel epic. So let's give them what? Blood tits. Storytelling. Storytelling. This is about justice. This is about holding on to what's ours. Hi everybody, this is your medal jockey and you're listening to It's Lip Suplex Retweet. Have fun! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Welcome back to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I'm Stephen Wilson. I'm joined by Jamie Ross, David, and Kwaku, of course. And we are talking about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Glow. It's porn. You can watch with your kids. (laughs) (laughs) See, before we go on, it's something that was actually forgot to be mentioned at the start. 
Uh, Steven is our spare change in the tin holder. Oh. Are you going to exclusively let us know your plans for cashing in? Are you trying to put me on the spot here? Kind of. Cash in on David Campbell. He's, oh. he's that desperate to get the seat. <laughs> that would just... I, I wouldn't even be surprised. The conspiracy yeah. continues. At four in the morning, David wins the Extreme Rules sweepstakes and I walk in with a tin going, I'm cashing in to some eyes. I'm like, please, 999. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stacey is so scared she's actually gone to Madrid right now. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if Gary or Derek want it, I'm doing it right away. I'm showing up at their door. <laughs> I am showing, I'm camping outside in Derek's back garden. You see, I live down the road from Gary and Derek, so I know I'm going to see. <laughs> I'm going to hear about it and then I'm just going to get a, a chap at the door. I won, I won. <laughs> see you next show. <laughs> Yeah, so back on the topic, we were talking about the Netflix series Glow, if you're listening for the first time and you're enjoying it, what you're hearing, give us a like on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, we're at Suplex Retweet, uh, do that and you can hear all the latest news, updates and just general wrestling chat from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, um, subscribe to us on iTunes, all good Android sites and of course Spotify. Cool, right, so we talked about the characters on the show, uh, we talked about the impact of the show, but obviously, with wrestling, we're going to talk about actual wrestlers. And there is actual wrestlers in the show. For MD, who has not seen Glow at any point until yet. I'm not just telling I'll use this just to make you look stupid. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've actually watched season two. Oh, the, oh dick. Dick. <laughs> I'm cashing in on you if you win it. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. I know, I'm too scared. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the fear. That's why I'm sitting over here. <laughs> uh, yes, so we're going to talk a brief a bit about the actual wrestlers on the show. There is several... Uh, I count about at least 10 actual wrestlers in the show and we're going to go through them all one by one. Uh, the first one we obviously was, uh, we talked about in the first half, Awesome Kong. Obviously she's one of the main characters in the show. Uh, Jamie, what's your thoughts on Awesome Kong that we've not talked about in the first half? Well, well, it, it's kind of hard not to love her considering I've stolen her finisher. Um, she's, she has what she has, she's a big powerhouse woman that's done everything for herself and she, she tried wrestling obviously. She's had a family and now she's making it big on TV series, so good on her. Absolutely. Breakout star of the series, I think it's fair to say, David. Yes, Yeah, we were discussing it earlier in the first half. She's so natural as an actress. I was the same. Um, I did not realise that it was Awesome Kong who was acting in this show at first. I was shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? Um, The woman has... Absolute pedigree. 2008 Pro Wrestling Insider, number one female wrestler of the year, two-time TNA Knockouts champion, TNA Knockouts tag team champion, and eliminated Michael Cole from the Royal Rumble match. That deserves and, Hall of Fame in its own. And Hunico. And Hunico. <laughs> and Hunico. That's a stat and a half, that one, Ross. That's a belt. <laughs> I'll give it that one. No, but I don't know what to do and go, well, actually. <laughs> but not. No, she is really, she is really, really good in the show, and I think we talked a lot about her in the first half of the show. So she is obviously the only actual wrestler on the main cast. There is actual other wrestlers who put her in the, the supporting cast. Um, Ross talked about her in the first half of the Hall of Pain. I'm going to go to you on this one, uh, Mighty Tom Jackson, <laughs> otherwise known to us as Brodus Clay. Somebody call his mama. He's on the telly. <laughs> I love when he meets Sam for the first time. He finds that Sam's a director, and he goes, "Did you direct Star Wars?" <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like the scene where, where he, him and him and his brother who we'll talk about the wee minute are training them and she asks him to be scary and just goes ooh he actually gets a fright like, oh, yeah. I think Brodus Brodus is a great actor I think he did, 
he did brilliantly with the Brodus Clay gimmick, obviously, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Funkasaurus. I mean, yeah. when you're told that you're going to be this guy who's going to ram through the roster, and then you come and go, actually, we're going to want you to dance with Carm- Cameron oh. and Naomi, who's actually quite good. But. Yeah, Naomi's good, but Cameron's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to cut your WrestleMania match in 2013. Still not over that. Poor Albert. <laughs> I know, justice for Big Al. <laughs> but no, Brodus, Brodus is really good this, uh, in the series as well. Oh, he's fantastic. Hashtag justice for Big Al, I think, should be should be the next campaign. That's you know. not justice. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> you can bring your own sweeties next time. <laughs> no, but Brodus, I remember I was just getting back into wrestling at that point because it came about the same sort of the same time that Brock Lesnar returned to... The WWE, I think, the, the Funkasaurus gimmick. And I see looking back at it, it wasn't the worst thing in the world. It's actually good fun to tune into Raw to see him every week. Um, and I do think they could have done more with him, you know? Because when it ended, the Funkasaurus gimmick ended, it just faded into obscurity at that point. I know, I know it was really disappointing, but he obviously gets a prominent role in this one. And another guy who gets a prominent role is his brother. Big Kirk Jackson, also known to us as Carlito. <laughs> I miss Carlito. I never liked him. Oh, but I never liked him. Have you noticed how he looks so built and jacked now? Oh, yes, yeah. that's because they told him to go to rehab <laughs> and he didn't. No, that's because he was booked <laughs> on five-star wrestling, actually. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I thought, should we not ban five-star wrestling chat from this show? <laughs> I don't think you should ban five-star wrestling chat ever. <laughs> that's true, it's just forgotten now that World of Sport Wrestling's coming back. Or WOS Wrestling, obviously. Uh, there's one good scene with Carlito actually that's really good. There's, I think it's one of the first scenes he's in. He's actually eating an apple. Yes, that's generally my notes. It's in all capitals. Carlito's eating an apple. I, I bet you that was put in his contract. Yes. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do, I must eat an apple. That was it. I bet you he's seen, like, for the stage direction, he's just seen the scene and said, Right, Carlito enters. Right, I'm popping myself here. I'm getting an apple for you. Mm-hmm. Who is it he gives the crossbody to? Is it, he gives uh, it to Ruth, didn't it? Because you know, Debbie's doing crossbodies to Brotus uh, and she tells him to stop being so handsy and he just drops up. I mean, the, <laughs> the thing about it is, uh, obviously it's a, it's a stunt double, but I, I hope it's a stunt double doing it, but could you imagine um, Alison Bree's not exactly, you know, she's a skinny little girl. Could you imagine actually taking that to her bump from Carlito? No. She is a woman, I'll have your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Such sexism for the host on these podcasts. I all it seems to be whenever Jamie's on, there's a sexist host. It's usually Dave, though. <laughs> usually not. It's me. not Dave. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not mention that. <laughs> I love Carlito. One of my earliest memories of wrestling, my granddad recorded Unforgiven 2006 for me and it was one of the first RKO's out of nowhere I can remember where Carlito tried to springboard off the middle rope and Randy just caught him in the RKO, it was such a cool moment. I mean Carlito lost but it was still a cool moment that involved Carlito I suppose. <laughs> Moving away from Carlito and on to you David, can you tell us about Salty the Sack Johnson? <laughs> <laughs> Because who doesn't love a good salty sack? Oh, it's that John Morrison. <laughs> Why don't you? Yes. I, was, I was consulting my notes here and I was like, surely I would have remembered writing this. Like, <laughs> so, salty the sack. Oh, oh. oh fantastic. <laughs> Are you alright? <laughs> the best part yes. about this show is um, Johnny, who are very. Oh, a friend from Glasgow, no, no, uh, from Radio Cali, who's happily let the studio's reactions to all this. <laughs> Wait till we talk about the plot and the characters <laughs> who didn't make it. <laughs> oh. No, I've, 
played by obviously Johnny Nitro or John Morrison. Oh, you can hear all day talk about his names. The WWE, off, yeah. The man Johnny Mundo. Names. <laughs> I talk, Wesley is a complete Lucha Underground champion, ECW champion, three time IC champion, and five time tag team champion in the WWE. Um, I loved. Johnny Nitro, I loved Eminem back in the day. Yeah. But he was clearly not good enough to train the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. No. <laughs> I actually have a, a bit in my notes that says, John Morrison was not pushed for a WWE title because of his mic skills. After seeing him acting glow, I can see why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's very stiff as an actor. Oh, well, I mean, he's a salty sack. He's a stiff sack. <laughs> he's a salty sack. <laughs> stiff and salty. <laughs> It's his reaction to the uh, Machu Picchu's dad when he comes out. It's like, such an honor. Yeah. <laughs> Most charisma he's ever shown in his career. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I don't know. He was in a film about a dog that wrestles, so I mean, he was pretty good in that. <laughs> we don't see very much of him, but yeah. it, 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 it does. it's good to see John Morris on the screen. I thought he, he, he was released. Didn't get the proper chance he needed in WWE. The thing is, like, I think when you try and go after the GOAT, Trish Stratus, I mean, your days are numbered. You know what? When you try and go after Trish, your days are numbered. Mm -hmm. She went after the Miz as well. (laughs) We all all Miz heads here. (laughs) Oh, the Miz and he is awesome, ladies and gentlemen. We are vouching for the Miz. He should be on season three. He should be on this show. (laughs) <laughs> Miz should have his own show well, he does Miz and is coming on the E-Network <laughs> catch up David <laughs> jeez oh. uh, moving away from the salty sack uh, let's move on to the steel horse uh, oh, Ro- Ross is away oh, Jamie, Jamie tell us about Alex Riley as steel horse <laughs> well I mean Alex Riley's always just been a really bad Miz so how oh, dare you? Oh. A really bad Miz with a really really good theme music. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, that was just one of the ones that I was like, right, I know the face, but um, don't really care about the guy. So I wasn't really popping for the. You know, if it was anybody else, you would have been like, that's amazing. That's I know him. I saw him wrestle in like 2014, but I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. See that? See the scene featuring Alex Riley and that uh, Steel Horse and Mr. Monopoly. Known as Joey Ryan, of course. Oh. It just sums up wrestling storytelling to perfection. It's like his childhood sweetheart has been brainwashed <laughs> by this evil man with money and he's trying to win her back. Some of the storylines just reminded me of the South Park episode where they wrestle. <laughs> I won't go into some of those storylines because I'm not exactly PG, but uh, I'll put my notes here Mr. Monopoly versus Steel Horse. AKA Ted DiBiase versus Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a Bruce Springsteen. Isn't it? <laughs> I I liked Alex Riley back in the day. I think he got a a bum rap. He clashed with John Cena at the height of John Cena's powers backstage because John Cena was being a knob. And uh, don't you disrespect my man? Oh, shush. It's Martina's man, not yours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so unfortunately, didn't get pushed as much. He had a brief resurgence in NXT. He was good as a panelist. I think he's. I think he's an underrated talent. He's only about 32 of the round. I think he could come back. I think he's good enough. His Spinebuster is amazing. His theme song was a belter. You know what? He's a little bit wooden, but he can get yeah. better in time. There's and a performance centre there. Apparently, and apparently it lives up to the Steel Horse name. Exactly. <laughs> I will say that there's a world in which Alex Riley is on commentary instead of Byron Saxton every week. Exactly. Um, and it's a better world. You know, it's a better time. <laughs> Very old episodes of NXT. Yeah. When you've got <laughs> him when you've got him and Tom Phillips. And, Any day Booker T or Coachman aren't on commentary is a good day for me. I don't care who else is on it. Uh a quick go through of some of these other ones who have actually some of these ones I didn't really realise, but you may know this one. Uh can any of you tell us who were fighting in the other match on that show? Ross? Uh Daniels and Kazarian. 
Yes, very good. Da- Frankie Kazarian <laughs> and Christopher Daniels. <laughs> David, you He's like, what? <laughs> David, who are you going to say? Oh, no one. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, my nose, just, two, like. just two local actors. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's sorry. just the best moonsault ever as well, and they actually reference it as "Watch this moonsault." Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I know you said don't talk about season two. It's not a spoiler. Can I ask Dave something? Go for it. I'm asking permission to host, not micro hosting. Go for it. Uh, so, in the scene in season two where they're watching a Carlito match in the telly, yeah, who does he do the move off the top rope to? Because it's a blink. I rewinded it about three times. I don't know. It's Chris Masters. No. His tag team partner at yes. WrestleMania 22. Yes. Jeez, oh. Was that back in the days where Alexandria Burke won the X Factor? Or was no. that Leona Lewis that year? It would have been a Leona Lewis year in oh, 2006. Right. Was that yeah. not sexist that Ross didn't ask me that question too? Because he oh. hit the mic. Fine. <laughs> ja- Jamie, I'll ask you this question I've got here. Who okay. won X Factor in 2011? <laughs> uh, who played Amber Fredrickson, who was the person that they were trying to book the venue for? He knows this one, but do you know this one? Yeah, Brooke Hogan. Yeah, I did not know this until I was doing my research. (laughs) I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, my God, she can't, she can't act. (laughs) She can't act, she can't wrestle, she can't sing. She's just like her dad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, interesting. Interesting. But yeah, Brooke Hogan was in this. It's actually, that was was quite a shock to me. Is that Hogan's daughter? Yeah. Oh, She's aged not great. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since Randy Orton was trying to date her back in the day. Like, Who do you think Brooke Hogan was? I was ex ex-wife, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever watched Hogan Knows Best, the, the lines are quite blunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and then if you go Google Hulk Hogan's new wife and then Google Brooke Hogan. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. Seriously. Just yeah. put it out there. So creepy. I mean, I mean, normally I would come in and say, let's stop the libel, but on this I can't help but agree. Uh, I yeah. mean, sorry, you talked about Randy Orton chasing Brooke Hogan. I mean, dating Bully Ray is going to take his toll on you as well. I mean, yeah, Jesus. I so. He's still with Elvis Guy. How? 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 <laughs> I don't know. Much like Stevie Wilson, not a bruiser weight, punching yeah. above his weight. <laughs> Copy, copyright Kwaku Adjo on that. Of course. I'd like to see Billy Ray in the next season. He'd be on my dream list for a go season three. Uh, Kwaku, can I actually well, add, can I actually add on that point? Uh, Laura thinks that's the best rub she's ever heard. Oh really? Uh, it's her that's responsible for it. Uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, the other question I'm going to ask is uh, the gym that they train in is named after a wrestler who's very influential in the series. Who knows who it is? Clearly not David Campbell, <laughs> the ultra fan. But these, but do you, Jamie Ross, oh, after you, Jamie. No, you take no, it after no. the last one. I'm not a sexist. After you. <laughs> but I'm allowing you to do it, so it's not. All right, sexist. it is Chavo Guerrero Senior. It's Chavo's gym, but the trainer on the show was Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, Chavo Guerrero trained the wrestlers, and they named the they named it after Chavo. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's a tribute to Chavo Senior in one of those episodes. Uh, I've seen a potential spoiler about Chavo Guerrero. What is it? That he's in season two. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the spoiler I've seen. That is the extent of my... That is your spoiler you're getting. That it's it. true. That's all I know about season two, is that Chavo's in it. And now that what Ross has told me. Well, Chris Masters shows up for a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's the masterpiece. His main event push lasted longer, for Christ's sake. <laughs> but when he gets screwed by Carlito in the Elimination Chamber in 2006. Shocking actions. That's a shocking betrayal. Not as shocking as some of the betrayals we'll talk about in the next part of our show. We've talked about the real wrestlers. We've talked about the characters. Let's talk about the show. This is the point that we've all been waiting for. 
Obviously, there's, there's, season one has ten episodes, and I've done my very, very best to give this a real-life wrestling feel, feel to how we'll go through the plot. I'm going to start off with the actual, the actual beginnings of the show, where they're found... They're, they're in the gym, they're just training out one. Does this to have a, de- a feel of development? Of development like in uh, independent scenes we see now, where they're in the bingo halls, they're in the small arenas. These guys are training in a gym that's bought by Bash, the producer, against his mother's will. What thoughts? So, just a quick thing on Bash. He reminds me of Dixie Carter. He's a trust fund <laughs> kid that wants to book a wrestling show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but he does a, a bit of a better job because he actually gives somebody... Yeah, because he actually watches other wrestling. He <laughs> doesn't just go, oh, that was good in that show, put it on our show. <laughs> but no, it's got that kind of development theme. You kind of feel the, like they're, just, they're in this small arena. I mean, this is it's, it's the most rundown gym you'll ever see in your life. Uh, but also in the early episodes, we see... I'm quite gutted that James was not in the show because he would have loved this moment. We see the ultimate heel turn. <laughs> the ultimate heel turn. Uh Best friend cheating on her best friend on a best friend on a be- well, best friend's husband. I could not get that out. Yeah. <laughs> Was this the greatest heel turn since Hogan in the NWO? <laughs> I think it's more like Matt Hardy Edge that turned Edge proper heel. I might hear Zoya come out to the ring with Russian. You'll think you know me. Don't don't On this day, I see clearly. I have woman sometimes. <laughs> she is mad at me. Oh, I'm just fucking. Oh, man. Uh, can I cut David? <laughs> yep. You have the four. I have the four. What can you say? It's never good to cheat on someone. <laughs> Here's a PSA don't do it. <laughs> David with his morals. <laughs> Uh, no, um, it was quite a shock because it's the last thing you see in the first episode, I think, isn't it? Uh, Roof hopping into bed with old Mark. Um, so, yeah, it just comes as a bit of a, a shock because up until that point, you think you're all on Roof's side. Roof is a struggling actress, can't get a job. Uh, she's the every woman and then all of a sudden, boom, she's sleeping with her best pal's husband. And you're like, well, you're a bit of a, a wee snake, aren't you? But if yeah. without that, we would not have got Zoya. The destroyer, so I think it's helped. I mean, Zoya, the home destroyer. Yeah. Horrible person. <laughs> Horrible person. Really. Made one mistake. Twice. Yeah. Twice. 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 <laughs> twice. Made one mistake twice. You know, he's a very he's a very convincing cabbage patch kid. I think it just added to her more though, because like she was already believable, like with her struggles, and then the fact that she is human and does also make mistakes at the same time, that just added to her as much as everyone then hated her for it. It, it that had extra to the plotline of where you started to hate Debbie for continuing to treat her for something she knows she did wrong and apologised for relentlessly. Yeah, it was pretty much the... I think it took up half the series of her just apologising and trying to... until she eventually thought, I need to feud with you. It's basically like Chandler and Joey and then Joey's like... Get in the box. breaks, like, get, get her, go get her! Go and get her! We have a box. Get in the box. <laughs> oh... Roof's wee finger coming out the box as she waves back to Mark. <laughs> Has a wee Russian hat on it. <laughs> uh, so long, comrade. <laughs> but what we get over the coming episodes is we start to see character development. Obviously, we get in wrestling. You'll, you, we've seen in the past, you start as one character and you could end up becoming a, one character. Isaac Yankum to Kane is a great path. Mm-hmm. You know, we had but some... Vicky Viking, an even better path. <laughs> <laughs> we saw some... 
interesting character development as the show went on. I mean, the first one was obviously when they had the party at Bash's house and they just said, take some costumes, be who you want to be. And yet cocaine, be someone better. <laughs> and, yet he, and yet he tells the Asian lassie to be, obviously, with a samurai sword mm. and uh, a terrorist character, you know. Uh, but I like how he tries to justify stereotypes. He goes, I'm not stereotyping you. I'm just telling you what I see when I look at you. <laughs> <laughs> but... Then, when Sam gets more involved in this, Sam obviously didn't really mention too much, he is the director, he is the Vince McMahon of this operation. And talk about some of the characters he starts to develop when he gets into it until Bash kind of takes realms in a wee bit around this time. Uh, some of the ones I've got noted down here uh, we had lesbian mutants, <laughs> we had a character called the Leather Virgin. And we had Kuntar. <laughs> Kuntar. See, at the start of the casting, it just struck me as that I imagine this is how the Raw Diva search was all about at the start. Oh. Kevin Dunn sitting in the corner. Maybe I like your ass too much. Maybe I don't like it at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Jerry da- Lawler having a heart attack in the corner. Puppies, puppies there, puppies there. I mean, uh, David, would you have been happier if Ethel and Edna were the lesbian mutants? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not even. A hesitation in that. <laughs> I think uh, I really want to see Sam's original vision for the show. <laughs> um, just a complete crazy sex space opera. <laughs> so I think uh, it would be like Star Wars meets uh, Vince McMahon. That's <laughs> what it would be. Star Wars meets that horrible thing the guys for Gavin and Stacey made. <laughs> Lesbian zombie oh. hunters. <laughs> the, the best... My, my best moment with Sam is in the, the penultimate episode of season one where he goes through his plot and the guy goes, that's back to the future. <laughs> no, it's not. He's <laughs> <laughs> like flashing before his eyes. Like, oh. Sam reminds me of, now you said he's like the Vince McMahon here. He actually reminds me more of Vince Russo. He doesn't want to make a wrestling show. He wants to make a TV show with wrestling. And I put in the notes, it's hilarious as a TV character. On an actual wrestling show, it's truly horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Bash is sort of, I know I mentioned him as Dixie Carter earlier, he's sort of like Vince McMahon when you hear the stories. Uh, From back in the day, Vince Russo had a thousand ideas and six were good. So Vince McMahon was sort of like the net and he'd let six go through, <laughs> but the rest would be like, nope, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Uh, but one of the other things, uh, Jamie, you kind of relate to this as a, a trainee, uh, when they eventually relocate into that very lovely five-star resort, uh, it kind of comes across as with actual wrestlers where they kind of travel together, they go everywhere together, they stay in the same place all the time, and having them all in that one place kind of added to the bond. And I think it helped them with would have prob- should have helped them with the chemistry. Obviously, it's a TV show; they pick what happens, but it would have helped with the chemistry having them all. It's a smart move from the guys to relocate them to this one very very lovely resort of a pool. I think so. Like uh, especially people that happens in training like there's certain people that won't talk to certain people not like for any bad reason it's just you you don't click but it's in wrestling it's you're basically all a family mm-hmm. so you need to get along no matter if you don't like the person one day you're going to work with someone you don't like and you, it's not about liking them or not you need to trust them so it's in that way all these ladies are stuck together no fact well half of them didn't have family or a life anyway but they're now stuck together all fending for themselves and they've only got each other and that's, that's basically how it goes when it's out on the road. Yeah, the best example is in, C- in episode 8 where uh, they threw the party for Sheila. <laughs> which she was having the time of her life. <laughs> Come for the cake! Let her go. Uh, they'll, get a, they'll get a cake with her age and wolf years. <laughs> which is wrong, by the way. <laughs> Did you do the math? No, they said, is that dog years? No, it's wolf years. Now you're looking at it going, 
Hold on a minute. If it was, she went, if it's dog years, she'd be 77. Like, well, then in real life, she'd be 11. She's not 11. <laughs> it's the, the people playing the beatdown biddies who are the ditzy beauticianists. Yeah. So they, and your face just screwed up again. I'd say beatdown biddies. <laughs> Uh, Imagine the bullies at your granny's retirement home, that's who they are. <laughs> <laughs> granny's deep. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your granny's Any, Anyway, one of the other things we didn't get to see is obviously one of the things that wrest- they have to do in wrestling is you have to deal with the network. Uh, we've seen that in the past in the Attitude Era where we've got the likes of Val Venus and the Godfather. We've got WWE in a whole lot of trouble in the Attitude Era. At Glow, they have to deal with the network, but not quite to the same extent other than being told, get rid of the KKK. Yes. Yeah. I think that was a fair assumption. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to have a show on at 10 in the morning, maybe you don't have the KKK. Maybe just don't have the KKK in your life. No, yeah. It's a, sort of a general guideline I follow every day. It's another PSA uh, from here. <laughs> yes, it's not. <laughs> KKK is bad. That's just cheating. <laughs> That's my routine before I go to work every morning. I wake up, I am my gear, denounce the KKK, head to work. <laughs> If only Paul Heyman had come up with that, <laughs> the t-shirts would have looked so much different. Uh, but we watch WWE programming these days, obviously WWE fans, you see some of the sponsors they get, they get like some Mountain Dew, KFC, pretty much so many, and uh, Glow didn't have such a glamorous sponsor. I think it's right to right and saying, guys. Oh, what was their I'm name? So- I'm sorry, are you not saying that two... <laughs> Convenient LA locations with over 50 types of lawn chairs at Patio Town. (laughs) (laughs) The guy's name's actual Pato Town as well. That's the most wrestling thing I've ever heard in my life. Pato Town wrestling. It's like like that guy AJ Styles being called John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) See, there's a. He gets the most heel heat in Pato Town in episode 10. In the final episode, then he comes out. change the subject quickly again. (laughs) I do what I do. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Pato Town gets a lot of heel heat in the final episode. Who wants some furniture? See, Pato Town sounds like an Irishman and always just reminds me. See, when in real wrestling, see, when I see Ricochet, I just think an Irish joiner. Oh, there's Ricochet. One of the, now, all wrestling promoters probably once in their life have to deal with a temperamental star. And as in the first few episodes go by, we get a temperamental star in this that Sam has to deal with constantly. And we see that, we talked about in the first half of the show with Debbie Egan, Liberty Bell. Uh, David, this, David, this is a great example why we hate her. Yeah, because she doesn't care. And that's the point. Like, I, fair enough if Debbie was to come in, like, I need to find new direction in my life. You know, I need to, my, my husband's cheated on me with my best friend, I need a new thing. But no, she comes, she takes a job, she clearly doesn't want, doesn't care about wrestling, all she cares about is being a star, making Ruth's life a mess, and then just ruining plans at the last minute, and then deciding I am in the crowd, I will become the saviour of you and I will save the show. And it's just like, and that's why I don't like her. It's not because she got cheated on, that wasn't her fault, it's just because she's a horrible human being. Alright, that's why you don't like Debbie. David, it actually sounds like you need my counselling service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ross, Jamie, do you agree with David? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's not because she got cheated on that you would hate her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's basically like she's there for a payday, she still wants to be on TV even though her whole, me- her whole life's messed up. Um, she's trying to work out family life and her home life at the same time. 
but she also doesn't care for the woman she's on with. She doesn't care about working hard. Um, and then just quits out of nowhere because she can't be bothered. She doesn't have the heart for it, but then comes back last minute expecting to get the big win, the big pop of the crowd and walk away the big winner, which of course she doesn't. Yeah. Which is meant to leave audiences quite sour and unhappy, except from when everyone else was cheering. Yeah, left me, <laughs> left me delighted that she didn't walk away with that crown. Uh, now, I don't mean to go all Vince Russo here, but Ross, I listened to you on the Greatest Royal Rumble show, and you tried to pull loads of these in how you were actually planning booking the show, but let's talk about the swerves, bro. Yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> here's, uh, the, here's the plan, bro. Uh, Six guys come out, but then there's only five guys, and then... Then, then a swan appears, and a swan becomes the world champion. You look confused here. So did everyone in the dying days of WCW. Have you ever seen Scream? Have you ever seen... Do you know David Arquette? David Arquette is an actor in Scream and became WCW champion in the dying days because this nutter who didn't know anything about wrestling was booking a wrestling show. Anyway, let's not talk so much about Vince Russo. Let's talk about the swerves that we let's got. Let's talk to- about the swan becoming world champion, bro. <laughs> let's not. Uh, the swerves that we got towards the end of the show. Sam's kid and Ruth's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this no one, no one going to speak about these? I think that, uh, <laughs> Justine being Sam's uh, child, when you look back on it a second view, it makes more sense because obviously she comes in, she is obsessed with Sam. You wouldn't know why because what we gather, his movies aren't very good. Uh, is the implication. Uh, everyone has their fans, but Justine being his daughter is an interesting way to lead on in season two especially. Uh, uh, on the note of that, I'm going to come up with a line that Sam said in episode 10 in a more PG fashion. Look, I'm sorry I tried to screw you, okay? If you told me you were my daughter, I would have never done it. That's <laughs> I love how he tried to hit on her first. Oh, I forgot that. For yeah. a second, I should have opened with that. The yeah. show, the scene stealer in that is the... The unnamed actress just as uh, what's her boyfriend's name? Bill. Billy. Billy. She's just uh, she's just advertises Billy's mum, and she comes in and just goes, "Do you like milk and sugar?" Oh no! And Sam just completely no sells. Uh, no, sorry, can I have my coffee black, please? And then just continues with it. With this obviously very personal belongs in a Jeremy Kyle show. That's interesting because I noticed they ordered his coffee black with sugar in season two. Maybe to imply Sam is Stop with the spoilers, man. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. The show's been ruined. The show's been ruined for Steven. Uh, he has no way of watching the, it. Now. The other swerve was obviously the pregnancy of Ruth. Obviously, a result of her affair with Debbie's husband. We don't know. Um, we don't know. She could have another affair we with someone else. We don't know what that wee dirty's been up to. Oh. <laughs> wow. No, I actually, I, in my notes, I have. I audibly screamed, Oh, you dirty bastard, when I noticed it. And I actually, I remembered it, like, when I was taking notes down for bits I remembered, so I took that down, and then watching the second episode the next day, when you see that on the keychain who who Debbie's husband is, and you just go, oh, you bastard again, you just can't help it, it's just like, oh, come on, come on, you're better than that, Ruth. But it's interesting character development of, from her and Sam, obviously her decision to abort the baby, mm-hmm. and then... You said that far too gleefully there, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then Sam's going with her, you Why'd know. you get your kicks casually? <laughs> I've got it recorded for going home. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's good character development, the two of them. You kind of feel more sympathetic to both after, obviously, with Sam, who, in the same episode, talks about... What is it he says again? It's like... I can't even remember the saying that he says. Ah, yeah. What do you mean I don't like you? I just had period sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> The exact yeah. same episode. Man's yeah. got a point, though. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the Sam and Ruth relationship is really sweet because she does clearly great on him, and you can see why. If someone was coming in like 
try to micro-host all the time like Ruth does to, <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> micro-host? Micro yeah. Never heard that before. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously it would get great on you a wee bit, but it's clear that Sam does have a fondness for Ruth because she is like the only one who cares about the project like, to a massive extent, so it actually makes him more excited about it and I feel they bond over that as the show sort of goes on. Mm-hmm. Now, um, David and Jamie, you've evolved very vocal about Debbie Steele taking the spotlight away in episode 10. Yes. I think the word that we should use for that one in wrestling is the plant. Yeah. And I am a big fan of the plant. I don't care. Santino Morella's debut was amazing. It was. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jamie didn't really do much else since then. The best WWE moment to take place in Italy. There's a big long list there, David. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly about that, but, but no. What did you? Were you shocked that they actually went with the plant idea? I mean, it was kind of just like, oh no, she's went away. She's going to abandon them, you know. It yeah. perfectly fits how we thought about her. And then they've obviously planned this out. It shows, obviously, as Ruth actually explained it to Sam, it's like, oh no, we do the tag team match into the double cross into the out the crowd, boom, yeah. big heroic. Victory. It suits Debbie because she's an egomaniac, so of, of course she would like this not. And obviously racing as the plan was effective. Um, and I remember actually watching it at the time because I didn't hate Debbie as much the first time round and thinking that's a nice ending. Debbie takes the crown, she goes home, she's Liberty Bell. And then you have the swerve right after it. So the plant is sort of a... Uh, it's not as impactful because the swerve comes after it. I think if they'd left it with the plant, it would have been fine. It would be. It's like when WWE just tries to do far too much in the one light. Like you know, what I mean, it just doesn't work. You need to do it in sort of portions. You know. Yeah. Jamie, do you think this is how you'll eventually make your debut? Coming out of the crowd heroically. Yeah, I've already given up so many times. So like, yeah, that would suit. <laughs> Coming straight out of the crowd. We'll, we'll work on it. Don't worry. <laughs> Can I just say, as the host of last week's Greatest Entrances show, I will help you out with your entrance, no problem. Yes. There will be pyro. <laughs> yes, I will be holding sparklers. Pyro came back this week on Smackdown. Yes. Oh, what a great day. Amazing. Yeah. Happy. Shame we had to bring Kane back for it. Ho, 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 ho. Rude. I'm sorry. I'll, 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 I'll love Kane, Glenn. but he's past it. Glenn. I'm sorry. He's past it. Kane in 97, much like me, was in good shape. And Kane in 2018, much like me, has about three spare tyres. I relate with Kane. <laughs> Representation is important in yeah, wrestling. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to get a very, very abusive message at the end of the week from your brother. Oh. After that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a change from Storm and Marum going, What do you mean this about me? <laughs> uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about, uh, finally, as we went through the plot, we kind of done it in a wrestling recap point of view, is we talked about a heel turn in the first episode, and we end with a heel turn. From the welfare queen. Shocking, shocking. You went full David Campbell Thompson there. What a moment oh. in sports when <laughs> welfare queen comes out and takes the tip. Goes down in the history. I don't understand the legality of that. Like, see, when you take the Globe promotion as it's depicted in this show, there are no rules. And in, in a way, it's great, but at the same time, I like order in my mind. So I'm like, how is this legal? Like, someone needs to stop this. Like, I'm getting invested in it. Welfare queen stolen the crown. See, in fairness, she did say, if you're not a coward, you'll fight me right now. And Liberty Bell did accept. So, I mean, the referee was perfectly legal to count. And Welfare Queen saved us from a boring title run to Liberty Bell. It's literally that sort of, it's the best of a bad situation when you had Seamus cash in just so we didn't have to go home with Roman as champion. And then you've seen Seamus for champion for the next five years. Like, Bring back Roman. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite bit about the whole bit at the end there was when she knocks over Bash. 
Bash clearly not used to taking a bump. <laughs> Goes down ever so ungracefully. Like a Charles Robinson bump. Yeah. Oh, Charles Robinson. I, I love how he's still kicking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Having Mike Yoda. Still, still, doing, still doing his hair with Crispin and Wright. <laughs> we need him in Glow Season 3, Charles Robinson. Yes. That's oh, just to, just to run to the ring and yeah. slide in. <laughs> and then just leave. Yes. Like, not in any context, just the middle of the match. What, what WrestleMania was that again? Uh, 24, he ran down the massive big ramp and nearly slid out the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a run. Just There's a, sorry, there's a video on YouTube called the Charles Robinson run and it's his run in slow motion set to the music for Chariots of Fire. <laughs> you just see his hair bouncing in the wind. Oh man. Uh, so that's kind of some of my quick recap points. Is there any other points in the plot that I've not talked about that anybody wants to bring up? David, you have a million and one notes. Surely no, there's something. I was thinking, I can't think of anything else specifically you've not brought up at this one. Yeah, there's loads we want to bring up but we can't because we've watched season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Clap back at him. We've got... <laughs> we've got 10 minutes left of the show I'm going to let the freebies go This what can people people who have watched season 1 and listening to this what can people who have not watched season 2 expect with no spoilers you can expect more of the same <laughs> gorgeous ladies wrestling yeah. and there is a fantastic episode 8 a fantastic episode yes. 8 I, I don't think it's a spoiler to tell them what the episode is the episode is now I used to get like live episodes of when 30 Rock were on there. This is a a glow central episode, so it's an actual wrestling episode. They're in gimmick the entire episode. Ooh. I might just I might just watch that <laughs> episode with TV adverts as well, which are hilarious. One of them is absolutely brilliant. It's these two old women and they should be hired as No Well no, kinda. They're, they're the shredded wheat people. Because it kind of reminded me of the old shredded wheat adverts. And I was like, this is brilliant. Can you please? As long as it's not beaver cleavage, I'm alright. No, there's no beaver cleavage at all. It's just absolutely fantastic. I love how perplexed Johnny looks every week. <laughs> no, you can expect more of the same, and you can expect the, the characters who might not have been serviced enough in season one to get more of a backstory. Hmm. I, I'm waiting for like an email one week from Johnny saying. I'm sorry, boys. <laughs> it's just not happening this week. I'm sorry. I can't listen to that rubbish anymore. <laughs> Hold on. For record, I did say that I was going to be studying while we were recording, and then Patrick told me that his laptop was broken. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> why are you here learning about Kunta? Kunta. <laughs> oh, hell, that, Kunta. That's all the study you need to know about. <laughs> and how to do Russian accents. Yeah. <laughs> Who can do the best Russian accent? Johnny, he is the best. Johnny, number one. Johnny, is it? Yes, Johnny, number one. Do you want to use the next? <laughs> In Soviet Union, we do not have Johnny. I was going to say we do not have Johnnies, but that that would maybe tell you why Russia has over one billion people. Ah, does anybody else want to try and do a Zoya accent? I'm okay. Zoya, the destroyer. <laughs> is her posh? She is, I don't know, but she eats vegetables. Is she Irish? <laughs> I thought it was more Dormio I'd felt there. It's a Dormio day. Sorry, I'm still thinking about Ricochet. <laughs> or Ricochet. Ricochet's off the top row. Rick, ricochet from Derry Mamma mia. <laughs> ricochet, the one and only. <laughs> anyway, does anybody want to hear some of these Sam greatest quotes that I caught here? Yes. Oh, and you go. Uh, a man's true ball is the mind. Yes, that. <laughs> uh, what's the one? Do people think you're pretty because, like, I'm looking at you? One second I think, yeah, she's hot, and the next second I'm like, I don't know, is she really? 
You just have one of those kind of changes, faces that kind of changes. Relatable, to be fair. Yeah. What's the one like? You know, I haven't talked talk to you since the um, whole womb goof. I was trying to come up with a, ta- a tactful euphemism. <laughs> the womb goof. Oh my god. Yeah, with the ketchup. She fakes. Which she fakes. Oh, oh, I, I, I thought you were talking about after the abortion. <laughs> I was oh, like oh, the womb goof. <laughs> oh. oh god, what other ones have I got What ones have I got here? Oh, like, the whim- can I just ask you with the whole abortion? Am I right to assume that the father was the person she was cheating with? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah that's what you're meant to do. Mark. It's sort of implied. Yeah, Mark uh, is a very bland human being as well. Yes, he was bland in Mad Men, which he was also in with Alison Brie. Uh, another one actually when, when we talked about the match where the KKK controversially showed up uh, Sam's reaction the controversial KKK that's four <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like it's like well this is definitely not a match for children or maybe it is maybe you're re- you're really never too young to know about this country's racial history <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there, is, there is other ones here when they talk when they talk about um, when he meets Mark for the first time I was expecting someone less like a giant cabbage patch kid <laughs> Uh, that's some of my. That's some of the ones I've got here. You know, yeah, it, it is the Vince McMahon. Yeah. Mm. If we had to do a WWE comparison for Bash, not Dixie Carter, who would it be? I don't know, but I think it looks like Rob Lowe. For mm. Bash. So while, while we're thinking about comparisons, Kevin Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing. Uh, uh, Shane McMahon, because Shane is a history. When you look back at Shane McMahon, uh, there's so many like, missed opportunities that he. He wanted to go with, and Vince said, "No, let's not go with." Like he wanted to buy ECW in 1999, so they would have had all the type, all the rights to all the titles, which they didn't have in the invasion. He wanted to invest in UFC when it was still like a rinky dink. They were still wearing jeans to fight. Ken Shamrock was good, and uh, <laughs> I rewatched the Lions then match that last night with him and Steve Blackman, SummerSlam '99. That wasn't good either. <laughs> no, it was not. It was terrible. <laughs> no one had a clue how the match was going to finish. <laughs> But there's, uh, what we're thinking of Bash people, another Sam Lane, he walks up to the band and you think it's, you think it's going to be racist because he walks up to two black men and goes, do you have any blow? And they look him up and down and go, no. And he just looks up and goes, would you like some? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So obviously we've, we've done our best to get through season one of Glow there within an hour and a half. Anybody who's never watched Glow and is listening to this show. I think this is enough to sell you on Glow mm-hmm. or confuse you on Glow. <laughs> Feel the Glow. <laughs> Johnny might do both. Yeah. Go watch it to help your confusion. Yeah. It will help you study. It only takes five hours to watch season one. Such a weird show when you think uh, about it. When you start, I, I thought it was perfectly normal until we broke it down. And, <laughs> and now you're just like, what have I been watching? Like, is this the point we as a society have come to where Kuntar is considered perfectly normal? Yes. You know? Well, if you want to get... You're the filmmaker as well out of us. Um, oh, please tell me one of your female wrestlers in this film is going to be called Cunter. Now they are. <laughs> He's just changing... I'll do it! Yeah. He's changing Andy's character name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you will now be Cunter. <laughs> Andy's character, oh, really, his well, gimmick in the movie is headbutt. Well, uh, here's an idea. See if you find somebody Welsh or that can do a Welsh accent. Yeah. Your name could be Cuntav, which is uh, first in Welsh. <laughs> Nice. Isn't it? Kuntavi is the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you if you want to get back to normality, then don't worry. We have also we've got a great backlog catalog here at Suplex Street. We've we have got what was also went up this week. 
our special look at the Source Championship Tournament, mm. which will be going on when this goes live. It may already be done by the time you're listening to this. Well, when this goes live, night one would be done, or would be happening, mm-hmm. but there's still night two and night three, so get on it. If you're, if you're listening to this next week, why are you have to wait a week to listen to this episode? I know. Yeah. We're talk- this, 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 this has been absolute chaos. I came straight for what, lads? <laughs> English hearts will have been broken by the time you Please don't jinx it, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, we have some English listening audience, so I'm keeping my mouth shut. We <laughs> love you. I love you. Help me in this conspiracy. We will get the title. <laughs> but if you've enjoyed just the general chit-chat and laughs here and just want, want to hear more of us, please subscribe to us. As I say, we're on iTunes, all good Android sites, Anchor, Podcast Addict, Podbean, TuneIn, Player FM, so many. We've got about 12. We're now also on Spotify, as I said earlier on the show. The world's number one streaming site has accepted us. It's only going to go downhill from here, guys. <laughs> Uh, also please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram please if you are listening as well give us a review, I don't care if it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 26 no, no, stars we do care if, <laughs> if you're going to leave 1, 2, 3 stars please leave, if you're going to leave a 4 star review what's the point? leave a 5 what he said what annoyed you about the, what, you only gave it 4 stars was it Stevie? he's not hosted the last 4 <laughs> yes but I hosted like the first 10 we ever did <laughs> and we used to only get like 10 listens a week that explains that because <laughs> we were building it up man <laughs> don't even go there uh, our next episode coming up after this we are going to look back at last year's May Young Classic oh, so uh, as we've seen at the time a lot more names have been announced for it Ross you saw some few uh, this year's yeah. tournament well I say a few one announced Caitlin former WWE Divas champion Interesting. There's, there's also there was a few names before that. We're gonna have the likes of Tony Storm back in it again. You know, last year's t- tournament was historic. I'm gonna say it. For historic. A number, historic yeah. for a number of reasons. One was not Lita's commentary. <laughs> I love oh. her, but my God, it was terrible. If I'll talk was, about that next week. If there was ever evidence that Jr. doesn't have it on his own anymore, like he needs someone to bounce off, and Lita was not that person. No. Yeah, Alex Shane didn't really help much either. <laughs> So yeah, that's coming up next. Sorry, Alex Shane, we do love you. You're a great wrestler, but didn't compliment him at all. He's he's commentating for World of Sport now. It's not not being announced. Him and Barrett. Yes, um, and SoCal Val. Such sexism on this podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Just forgetting that's the women. All right. <laughs> it's so- gorgeous ladies of wrestling, David. <laughs> not the gorgeous lads. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's coming up next week. So please tune into that. I've been Stephen Wilson back in the hot seat blundering my way through as always I'd like to thank my panel David Campbell who may not be on a show for a while as he's heading to the States I head to Boston yeah we're going to track down this mystery as to why I lost the the sweepstake of money in the bank (laughs) the search will take me to Boston Massachusetts I will keep you all updated don't you worry just as long as you get your more than likely wrong predictions to me before Sunday for the extreme rules Quacky we could make this interesting we could use this yeah Him, him, him in America just hunting down Elias. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I will. The Elias will hashtag Dave hunts Elias. Walk to Elias to Walk, <laughs> Walk to Elias. <laughs> yes. Uh, I also like to thank Ross and Jamie. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Ross, David gets a single one. And I know, we're not good enough. I'm here next week as well. Sorry. I don't even get my Sorry. one. Let's rewind and cut that. I'd like, no, to, thank Ross. I'd like, to, thank, I'd like to thank Ross for the sweets. Ah, well. <laughs> it wasn't for you. <laughs> And also Jamie. 
For what? Thanks oh. for being here and providing better chat than Ross. Okay, you're very welcome. That's not exactly hard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to it. And our EP, Kwaku Aju, whose computer has updated during the course of the show. Mm. Well. I'll leave it up to your imagination what he's been doing for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Oh my. I've been been Stephen Wilson. This has been Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Until next week, catch you later. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the f you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of d tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Whatever the f you're doing that's what you should be doing i don't care if it's your mum's birthday i don't care if she's feeling contractions get on it right now